In today's episode, we're conversing with Fabio Pereira, founder of Care on Wheels Urgent Care, exploring the realms of adaptability, cost management, and healthcare innovation. If you are a healthcare business owner, a forward-thinking founder, or an executive looking to stay ahead of the curve, this conversation is your roadmap to success. So stay tuned as we embark on this exciting journey filled with practical insights and inspiring stories that can transform your healthcare venture. Welcome to Provider's Edge, the podcast that helps healthcare entrepreneurs and executives like you break down barriers and control your business, your life, and your future. With me, your host, Sabrina Rombach, a recovered clinician and a business deal catalyst. Let's rewrite the rules and create a positive social impact while increasing your profitability. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sabrina. Nice for you guys to join us again. And we have another exciting speaker with us, uh, Fabio. He is a, a physician associate with an undergrad degree in business and doing his undergrad studies. Fabio worked in emergency department at the University of Miami Hospital as an EMT and firefighter. As a PA, Fabio went on to work for Canal Health doing its startup phase and developed the uh, physiotherapy department. That's awesome. Uh, Canal Health is now the NYIC and Fabio registered after opening 80 locations throughout Florida. Besides family medicine, and managed care experience. He has worked throughout Florida and um, he worked in emergency care most of his career. Uh, Fabio also obtained a postgraduate in emergency medicine from Nova Southeastern University. And his latest venture is Care on Wheels Urgent Care, which was established in January of 2021. I'm so excited for you to come here and to speak with us because we're sure when we're thinking about uh, being a provider, especially advanced practitioners, uh, some people definitely have the aspiration of thinking, how do we create our own practice and what what venture that could be? And that uh, both from a legal standpoint and also as a business owner, as a business leader standpoint. So I would love to hear more about your background into how did this all got started in the sense of um, when you went into medicine clearly you already have the emt background and what made you pick pa in the first place and then how did that all eventually uh got into helping canon being able to join for different ventures and then really using your business degree to now launching a uh, urgent care practice yourself Yes, hi. Um, so, so nice to meet you guys, everyone out there, uh, and thank you for having me on your podcast. The 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 main thing I would say I started as an EMT. Um, I started as a lifeguard even way before that uh, for City Hylia, and then I went into EMT firefighting. I, I did some um, uh, ride times with Miami Dade County uh, Air Rescue as well because I, w- I was thinking more of going that route. Then I met a friend that we started a band together. <laughs> he ended up uh, having his getting his bachelor's in, uh, in business at University of Miami, and then from there he 
he went to go get his DO, his doctor's degree in, at Nova Southeastern University. And he told me, look, I'm opening a practice. Why don't you um, become a PA and you come you come work for me? And I said, ah, no, no, I'm going to go down the, <laughs> the firefighter route. So like a year later, I said, OK, um, I found out what a PA was. I wasn't really sure. Uh, so then I said, okay, well, let me do this. So I, I went to school, I finished it, I got certified, and then I went to go work for him. And it turns out that he got bought out by a venture capitalist uh, at the same time that I joined. So we we had one location and we opened them, we opened up to 80 locations. And I ran the physiotherapy department, which brought in a lot of the revenue for the business. Uh, that's what we enrolled all the Medicare plans, and things like that. So I learned I learned a lot there. And a little bit like a year after I left, they were listed on the New York Stock Exchange, and then uh, they got some other investors, and they have they had their IPO. And um, so then I just kept working on the side, doing urgent care. I always liked the whole um, hands-on, you know, urgent care, acute acute care side. Um, and, and then I, I decided to to open my own place um, just because I saw all these different parts of the business and I thought that there could be improvements in different areas and I just felt like like I, I could do it. So I just uh, went for it. Yeah, I think that's the key thing at the end where you just said, I just went for it, right? Like at the end of the day, you have a lot of experience running practices, opening up and dealing with venture capitalists when um, perhaps uh, when it's time to sell it or uh, or making that decision to understand uh, every new opportunity could lead you to somewhere else that's even greater and that's might be perhaps more suited for individual lifestyle. So definitely it's harder to keep practices private nowadays, right? Like many have been bought up by large hospital systems or venture capitalists. And some of that could just be uh, the thought of reduce some of the cost that can be distributed by uh, when the venture capitalist or bigger entity comes in versus other people still like to keep themselves in control of how they serve their patients. And that being said, does that seem like you had a sense of how you wanted to serve your patients specifically? And then you also saw the opportunity in uh, having a, your own urgent care. And uh, I know your background definitely is in emergency medicine. So does it seem like a very much an easy transition for you. Yeah, I, you know, I've always wanted to go back into emergency medicine. And then um, the more I did urgent care, I was like, oh, this is much easier. It's not, not so stressful. So, so I kind of stayed at the urgent care side. But yeah, it, it was uh, it, just just to give you an example. Let's say a cash pain patient comes in and they need a, a rocephin shot. Uh, there's the there's the 250 milligrams, 500 milligrams, and the one gram, and they were charging the same amount, um, uh, you know, the hundred dollars for for each for any of the milligrams, regardless of what you needed. So I, I felt that there was a way that why are we charging the same for less, right? The patient doesn't know that they just know they're getting their shot, uh, but and they're getting their antibiotics and they're being treated, but. When you see it from the back end, you're saying, okay, well, why are they paying more for less? So so I started seeing things like that. And so now at my practice, I'm able to uh, charge it less 
if I'm going to give you a, a smaller dose uh, rosefin shot versus uh, the, the one gram. And then I started seeing also things where I used to do a lot of uh, shoulder reductions and they started doing a lot of, um, they, a lot of people wouldn't do them because of liability and things like that. But um, I felt comfortable with it. And uh, there's like two or three techniques that I typically use. But the the thing is that they, the um, muscle relaxer uh, shot, it's intramuscular shot is very, very helpful. And these places where I used to work at, they stopped uh, buying them. So I was like, okay, well, that's not going to make it that easy for me to do this. So then there, there, there were times where I had to send them out because I just didn't have the right uh, medication or the right things that, that I that I felt comfortable using that I knew that, that you know increases your chances of of, of uh, working. So that, that that was a thing, and then also, like you said, the overhead the overheads a lot. Uh, it, it becomes a lot, so you have to stop of it. Um, it, it did. Re- I did reach. It started going up and up and up on my end, and. As a, as a new business owner, I was like, okay, cool, we'll, we'll pay for it, no problem. We're, we're making some revenue. Uh, but then, the, then you get slower months, and then you, you start realizing, okay, well, my overhead's a little high. So so then you start making changes. Um, I, I feel that, that during COVID, since I started in 2021, I feel like we didn't have monoclonals at that point, uh, and the hospitals barely had them. But we jumped on that opportunity as soon as the outpatient facilities were able to uh, get them. So it was it was great in terms of revenue. It was easy to sell. It was easy to you know uh, make revenue uh, during that time. But then now COVID cases have dramatically dropped compared to how it was before. So now you're like, okay, well my revenue is not there. So uh, there was someone that said, uh, I think it was Patrick B. David. I follow him on on his uh, content. Uh, he says it's easy to make money when you're in a, in a good market, but when the market is down, then you, you really know who is the real business person, right? So then that made me realize, okay, well, revenue is not coming in so as much as it used to. So now I have to cut down overhead, and then I have to really dig into learning different things that I wasn't aware of because I didn't really have to uh, look into it at that time because you know things were moving. So you definitely need to start learning uh, all the time, learn all the time, all the, what like marketing, finance, operations, uh, HIPAA, OSHA, uh, credentialing, billing, coding. I mean, uh, this, the, the list goes on because you have to do it all in the beginning um, until you're able to, to get someone else to, you know, to help you out when, when you can. Navigating from the high stress world of emergency medicine to owning an urgent care clinic, Fabio discovered the power of fairness in healthcare. He championed a pricing model that respects the dosage administered, breaking away from the conventional one-size-fits-all approach, confronted with fluctuation revenue and high overheads as a new business owner. Especially during the pandemic's ebb and flow, Fabio responded with resilience. He demonstrated that true business acumen lies in adaptability, continuous learning, and the courage to dive into unfamiliar territories, a lesson crucial for fellow healthcare business owners. Announcement before we moving forward, if you are a healthcare entrepreneur or startup founder looking to accelerate your social mission and increase profitability in an authentic way, 
Don't hesitate to reach out to me, Sabrina Rumbach. Find me on LinkedIn. Let's connect and discuss how we can take your business into the next level. All right, let's get back to the next portion of our show. Yeah, that's a, some of the major point is that、um, our costs sometimes dictates how we perform.、Uh, I think that's a common conversation I have with、uh, clients too, who are、uh, business owners、uh, in medical fields. Is that、uh, it? It's not always you do it because you feel. Uh, this is the right way.、Y、yes, you do it, but there's a price tag to each thing, and therefore, doesn't matter if you have a big team or small team. Sometimes it becomes, oh, I don't feel like I want to spend the money because I need to get to a certain point for me to hire, for me to do a contrast.、Uh, however, some of that can turn into. Actually, you're spending a lot of time learning about legislations, learning about billing collection, learning about the accounting thing, and instead, that you can spend the time actually figuring out how to see more patients. Because at the end of the day, we get paid by the amount of patient that we serve, or the frequency that they come back to us, or the type of. Uh, of care we provide, and I think you're so right in the sense of it depend on market. When the、uh, when a pandemic happened, when we know how to treat a specific problem, yes, those are volume. And then as we shift coming out of it, people are getting better.、Um, more people are vaccinated. Then we start thinking about what other areas we can serve our community in different ways. And definitely, it can be a challenge, right? And, and it can be almost exciting to figure all those things out.、Um, but also that lead into how do we value our time so we make sure we spend it. On the highest productive activity and、uh, not holding ourselves back.、Uh, so that being said, we all have challenges, right? <laughs> Running、uh, a practice. What do you see as some of the bigger challenges you came across? Whether it's from、um, patient acquisition or running a team,、uh, what have you faced before or currently? I got a little lucky with, with my、uh, my wife. She's an accountant, so she's able to to help me with、uh, bookkeeping and all the finances, accounts receivables, payables, and all of that stuff. So that would have been difficult for me to do,、um, but I luckily my wife、uh, is able to help me there in that department.、So、some of the hurdles that I had was, well, I would tell you. I mean, it's it's a few, but、uh, I'll just、uh, highlight a few. So one of them is picking up the the, the phone. So now that I don't mind, I don't mind picking up the phone. I'll, I'll gladly do it, and and, and I think is and I like to do it because I know everything about the business. So if the patient、uh, has any questions or if there's a possibility of doing something a little bit different, I can I'm able to make those those exceptions or those changes or for that particular case. And so I, I think that helps in the selling point, right? To be able to help and then also be able to see the patient. Now the 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 biggest hurdle I would say marketing was my biggest hurdle because it's how do you market、uh, right besides just Google ads or social media like and then what does that even mean what do you want to market it's 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 really was the biggest thing for me I would say and I really started digging into that、uh, into that subject、uh, I ran into this guy his name I wrote his name down here Alex Ormosi he has a book、uh, one One hundred million dollar offers. So I read that, and it totally made sense. It's a lot of psychology with marketing, 
And it's like, okay, well, your competitor is offering the same price for this or roughly around the same thing. But why? Uh, so, so usually people compete down. They're like, oh, I, I can I can offer it a little bit less, or I can a little bit less. But that's that's the wrong idea. You want to be able to charge a little bit more compared to the competitor because uh, you have to check your gross margins and all of you know your bottom line overheads and things like that. But the point is that if you race to the bottom, it's just like the bigger company is going to win because they're able to get things much cheaper and bulk and et cetera. But when you're talking about small businesses in the area, we, we don't have that luxury where we can pay pennies for, for, for materials. So then it becomes, okay, well, I can charge a little bit more for my competitor, but how much more value am I going to add to that? Right? So, so it becomes a value perspective thing. Uh, so, so I started really looking into that and it really helped. And then also, as entrepreneurs, we say, okay, well, we're going to offer this. I'm going to offer that. I'm going to offer telemedicine. I'm going to offer IV therapy. I'm going to offer Botox because it's cash, right? Yeah, in the beginning, you want things that are cash related because you're waiting for credentialing. So then it becomes, okay, well, we should try to focus on something and don't do so much um, because it's, um, it, because then it goes back to marketing. Where do you put your marketing dollars? Right? You, you can only, you can only spread yourself. So, so thin. Exactly. Uh, such a great point. Everything that we do, everything that's internal, external driven is still part of our psychology of what motivates us. So that means both ways. Uh, what motivates our patient to actually want to buy that specific product, especially smaller practices, you're right. Uh, you can't just keep lowering your cash price for these additional services if you haven't gone to, uh, let's just say, picking up Medicare, right, by itself. And that means you have to have higher quality of services. And that's how we beat up um, the competitors. And it's your unique way and who you are. It also become an individual brand at that point because people trust you as the clinician, trust your team because they're so easy to talk to, so friendly when you ask them a question, right? You become a uh, that level of care that you're not feeling you're just being rushed. And also it become how we take care of people in the customer service standpoint. And then, as you mentioned, being focused, right? We all have to be focused in different ways. When people are trying to do so much, I was just having a two-hour conversation with one of my friends who wanted to open up a spa. So all I asked was, "What? why do you think you're unique? Why do you think people all over Texas are going to come to you instead of find somewhere that's local? And she's like, well, we do everything. Like, when you do everything, you do nothing because there's no uniqueness in your business. And even just to say you have a pain device that is uh, ultrasound, where something that's novelty, that can be a hook in people wanting to find alternative therapy for something they haven't been able to seek the equivalent of help or relief. But when we say we're, we can do everything, then people's like, well, I can just find another concierge medicine doc down the street, or I can find a med spa that's specializing in that. So how are we positioning is totally in a sense of the more focused we are, 
the more we understand where these people are, are located, where do they hang out, what type of questions and interests they are actually um, belong to and involved in. So then we can target into those locations and speak their language, not our language, right? Because we are all result driven. However, in medicine, we talk too much in our own lingo that we're so process driven. We're just focusing on the problems because that's how we talk, right? Find out what's abnormal and do some testing to validate ourselves. And then boom, have some kind of solution instead of most people is like, well, I just don't feel well. I just need to get to the point where I want to go already. So you needed to be able to communicate with me on that front. And that's how branding, marketing, everything comes in. Definitely now that you learned a lot, what have you been doing that you find helpful? I think the most helpful part is managing my time a little bit better. And you start getting, you start um, noticing that as you go uh, in the beginning, uh, I will, I'll be completely honest. I, um, I work, I still worked my, my, my job at another urgent care in another county. So I wouldn't compete with the urgent care that I had started. And I would do uh, 12 hour shifts there. And I would take my bags with me. I had uh, four different bags at the time. One is like oxygen, the other one's medical, the other one's IV therapy, and the other one's like procedures. So like it's a dream, you know, oxygen tanks, everything. Uh, so after finishing a 12-hour shift, my wife would actually be picking up the phones at the time, and, and I would go see patients that for, for my business after finishing the 12-hour shift. So then it slowly became, I mean, I was doing about 84 hours a week or averaging, uh, and it was just the beginning because I still had my other job. I was trying to get the company, you know, like going with traction, market traction. But then you slowly start coming off of that because you, you, you need time for yourself uh, and your family and, and things like that. Um, so there's three things that I um, that I got from Patrick B. David, which totally makes sense is outwork, outperform and out strategize. And I think in the beginning, you do more of the outworking and outperforming uh, because you're not there yet to be out strategizing, right? So when you get more into that level, then then you start uh, realizing, okay, well, I need to manage my time a little bit better. I need time just to think and, and just like run numbers on Excel sheets and just like for fun, you know, <laughs> just just trying to figure things out, uh, try to strategize marketing campaigns and, and um and services you want to tackle. So I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned that I'm going through right now at this point is uh, like you mentioned before, um, what can I do? What do I not need to do? So then I can see more patients because that's what's going to generate the revenue. Uh, so that's where I'm using, you know, my time a little bit better uh, these days. In this vibrant exchange, Fabio and I explore the psychological drivers of healthcare business strategies. I emphasize the need for high-quality services to counter your competitors, to brand individual practitioner uniquely, and the importance of customer service. Fabio and I employ you as a business owner to find your own unique selling point, focus on it, and now spread yourself too thin. I also underscore the need to speak the language of potential patients to be more result-driven rather than being caught up in medical terminology. In response, Fabio highlighted his journey toward better time management, 
His early days were characterized by exhausting shifts and juggling multiple roles. But over time, he has learned to strategize and prioritize effectively to drive revenue. The conversation was a reminder for healthcare business owners to focus on what truly matters, to understand your audience, and to manage your time wisely. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our podcast today on your favorite podcast platform to get the latest insight from our expert speakers. Together, let's rewrite the rules for your business and create a positive social impact in the healthcare industry. All right, let's get back to the rest of our show. Perfect. And then now you're at a stage of really growing and potentially scaling, right? Um, and then I know you have a small team of three. Is that it? Yeah. So, well, it's a team of three. We have um, my wife, which is our CFO, uh, myself, and then the medical director. Those are our main people uh, that are that are within the company. Now, the we do have third parties like other uh, people that do our Google Ads or someone else that does our SEO and website maintenance, and so so there's different things that that, that we use outside of. But those are the, that's, that's the three of us. Right, right, yeah. Your core foundational people are the practitioners and then CFO who runs the practice versus other you contract out. Right, the the marketing side, so you don't have to be worried about what to say, how to say the daily posts, keep up a consistency, and then have the right searchability. Especially um, for a practice like yours, is very location based. Instead of uh, some other people who has telemedicine, maybe they can spread it out a little bit more. Um, and knowing Florida, people are willing to go around a little bit. I know people like willing to drive a bit. But uh, instance of uh, your practice specifically, do you have set locations? So we have one location, and um, but we're primarily a, a mobile urgent care. So we actually go to patients' homes. That's how we started off, and we do a lot of that still. And then we have one location. Now, the main things that we do is urgent care, IV therapy, which is like vitamins, minerals. And we started that really because of COVID, because before we had monoclonals, because we wanted to support the immune system. So we said, okay, well, we already do IVs for dehydration, right? For nausea, vomiting, uh, diarrhea. So why don't we just put vitamins in it? Okay. So we started doing that and then monoclonals came into play. So then those are the main things we do, urgent care, IV therapy, monoclonals. And um, recently I started uh, really targeting uh, in terms of marketing, targeting telemedicine. I think it's a big market where it hasn't really fully been tapped. I feel that, yeah, COVID made it more usable or people started using it more, feeling more uh, comfortable with it. But I think that we're just at the beginning of that because we're, you know, we're growing as as a society, millennials, we can use technology a little bit easier, things like that. People are busy, they're on the go. They just need, you know, to speak to someone and have their uh, condition taken care of as soon as possible and so they can keep going. That brings up a, a point where you always have to not just be in touch with, with the medicine side, but also keep a pulse on the market. Uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, it's gotten so political uh, with COVID that you have to be on top of politics. You need to be on top of economics or, uh, you know, the markets, uh, not just uh, how many cases of, of flu or COVID or you know, monkeypox or any of those things. So just kind of keep a, you know, pulse on everything because with the marketing, for example, we outsource it. 
but we tell the the marketing uh, person that's working with us we tell them look put the marketing dollars here or this is what we're going this is the approach we're going to take and then they're they're able to to do their thing and make it happen yeah exactly because healthcare is a lot right it's not just seeing patients nowadays and we have to change the course of how we see patients and how we take care of them how to better better manage them and not feeling like we are only responding on urgent positions because uh, we have the ability and at end of the day it's better access to patient right they only some of them use urgent care because they have no continuation of care where they don't know how to establish those care so we're able to especially in your company fill that in that bridge instead of having a huge er bill you're coming to the patients and you are able to bridge some of the issues and then adding telemedicine is definitely a huge because telemedicine reimbursement just increased by 41 percent as of january of 2022 so we know there's a big push for the um the us uh, from a legislation standpoint supporting telemedicine supporting how we serve our patients in a different way. And there are many different technologies, uh, reimbursement models, and for uh, various ways for virtual care. And that's one of my biggest, I guess, interests as well as uh, I'm talking to many digital health companies and both from a device side or innovation side to see how amazing technology has been growing, right? Much, much faster than how we treat medicine and how we grow. And that's uh, a time uh, and critical time nowadays to uh, bridge those gaps. And then for us to be able to say what type of questions we truly need to ask these companies when we do partner up with them. And I think that's uh, some of the major talks I've been giving for different state and national level of conferences. It's been exciting to be in this position, right? As we're growing, as we're developing, and to be able to take control of that. And definitely it can be a lot, right? Keeping up the legislation that's changing all the time and knowing this year they're giving us a, a break on these type of services. And then once the COVID sh- things are shifting, perhaps it's not going to be there, right? Like, so it's a lot of back and learning from a business standpoint. And while you are able to have capability to grow, to have more shift, right? As you're saying, be able to know when to focus, where to focus, then you team have the guidance to make things happen for you. But if we don't even know where to focus, they won't do the best job where you have hypothetically designed something for them, but they don't have all the history, right? At the end of the day, we're still in healthcare. We understand better the nuances, not everything, right? Nobody knows everything, but we have to give guidance and direction uh, and it's impossible for us to make decision on everything and we'll just get fried way too quickly. So uh, be able to allocate all this is amazing. Well, I appreciate you. And uh, one last question before we hop off. Where do you see yourself going? Uh, what's the main focus now uh, as you go forward? Yeah, our, our main focus um we're actually uh, we're actually moving our location uh where my aunt she's a family medicine provider an md uh, she's been doing that for 25 years roughly so we're actually going to move into her location so we can offer family medicine and urgent care in the same location we're focusing more on the telemedicine and and also uh, we're focusing more on cash paying packages versus um, just going through insurance. 
uh, because I, I feel like we can offer more uh, to, to our patients uh, with cash prices, even if they have insurance, which is good because if they need to go to the hospital, they need medication, that's they're going to be covered there. But even with their co-pays and their deductibles that they need to meet throughout the year, they're going to be paying more than if they just do a cash paying uh, membership plan. So, so that's that's really what we're really focusing on now. And right now we're in Florida, Miami, but the plan is to go national eventually once we are able to to go from Miami, Broward, Orlando, Tampa, kind of spread in that area. I think there's, there's a lot of need there, uh, and then and then we'll we'll see how how things go. <laughs> Awesome. Excited. All right. So for uh, other people, whether it's clinicians who wanted to talk to you about how you run your practice or people who want to just simply reach out, have a conversation to potentially collaborate, how do they reach out to you? So there, there's a few ways. There's our, our Instagram, uh, Carol Wheels. Uh, there for sure. I'll be the one answering. Um, usually I'm the one answering it. Uh, I, I check it every day uh, throughout the day. So you can always reach me there. I'm, I'm always answering. And then also I had started a uh, YouTube channel uh, called Small Doses. So I'm not too active on it, <laughs> but I've been trying to um, just to kind of like give points uh, for um, PAs and, and NPs and starting their own practice and things like that. Um, I do get reached out uh, through there as well uh, at times. Perfect. All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, reach out to Fabio if you have questions, want a discussion, or just thought about practicing in creating your own mobile urgent care practice or even primary care as he's going into and telemedicine. Or those who are just curious, and uh, you perhaps have been growing and practicing in different ways and wanted to hear and then collaborate on expansion. And this platform is for us to learn from each other so we can collaborate and celebrate together. Until next time, bye guys. In this Power Pack episode, we journey through the multifaceted world of healthcare business, wavering through the themes of fairness, adaptability, cost management, and innovation. Our guest, Fabio Pereira, the founder and owner of Care on Wheels Urgent Care, shares valuable insight on how to steer a healthcare enterprise towards success in today's dynamic environment. Here are a quick summary of the five major points discussed. Number one, embracing fairness and adaptability in healthcare business. We kick off the conversation by exploring the key values underpinning the successful healthcare business. Fabio shares his unique perspective on the importance of fairness and adaptability in shaping brilliant patient-centered healthcare business. Number two, balancing costs and healthcare to dive into the intricacy of running a healthcare business. As the dialogue progressed, we delved into the nitty-gritty of running a healthcare business. Fabio illuminated the challenge and strategies of striking a balance between providing high-quality care and managing costs, revealing an insider view of the business complexity. Number three, harness focus and time management for effective healthcare business growth. The conversation takes a turn toward the significance of focusing on time management and growth trajectory of the healthcare business, where he has to really cut down the activities. Fabio's practical tips and personal insights provide a roadmap for healthcare executives like you to navigate your own journey effectively. 
Number four, navigating the waves of innovations in healthcare. A journey toward patient-centered services in this section were discussed, especially how healthcare technology can help to provide more patient-centered care approach and transform the way that we deliver care by better understanding where people are at on the daily basis. Fabi discussed the role of telemedicine and other digital health technologies, emphasizing their potential to enhance accessibility and affordability of healthcare. Number five, shaping the future of healthcare, expanding scope and accessibility. As we wrap up, Fabio shares his vision for Care on Wheels Urgent Care's future, including plans for expanding, scoping, and accessibility. The conversation underlining the importance of keeping a pulse on market trends and adapting strategies accordingly. Throughout the episode, the overarching theme is unwavering committing to patient care, inspiring healthcare business owners, founders, and executives like you to continue evolve and adapt. In the ever-changing landscape of healthcare, the keys to success are clear, maintaining a steadfast focus on patient needs, keep an open mind to innovation, and managing resources effectively. Thank you for tuning in to Provider's Edge. We hope you found our latest episode insightful and valuable for your healthcare business. We would love to hear your feedback on the show and connect with you on LinkedIn. As a token of our appreciation, we offer a unique opportunity. Write a recommendation about our show on LinkedIn under Sabrina Rombach's profile, and we will give you a free media feature on one of our podcasts or TV show. During this exclusive interview, you'll have the chance to ask any questions and gain visibility and credibility with influential partners to accelerate your mission and profitability. So don't hesitate. Connect with Sabrina on LinkedIn, leave a recommendation about our show, and help us tailor our content while seizing this fantastic opportunity to elevate your healthcare business. We can't wait to hear from you. 